How many of us love to do inventory at work? <laughs> I see some of you just grimace even saying the word. You know, anytime I've ever heard anybody say, we're doing inventory this week, they usually drop their head, they get in a deep voice, and it's kind of monotone. Yeah, this week we're doing inventory. <laughs> Why is it that we don't like inventories? Well, maybe it's because it takes time, doesn't it? I mean, there's other things that we've got to do on our job, and that takes, it takes effort. It takes extra work. Many times it's not just you're, you're still doing the job you need to do, and you're doing extra just to do that inventory. Sometimes inventories can reveal problems, can't they? Things that we didn't want to know about. And sometimes they can even require changes. But are there advantages of taking inventories? Well, obviously there are. That's why people do them. The definition of inventory is a detailed list of things in one's possession, a periodic survey of all goods and materials in stock or on hand. So inventories have some great advantages, don't they? They show us what we have. They help us get rid of any waste. They can help us become more efficient, and they can actually prepare us for opportunities, can't they? I mean, if you're in a store and somebody comes in and says, hey, I need one of these, and everybody says, well, do we have one of those? Then you might miss an opportunity to make a sale, right? So they can prepare us for opportunities. So far in our treasure principle study, we've talked about a couple of things. We've talked about, hey, we need to be very careful not to become too enamored with the things around us. There's a lot of stuff in this world, and it's real easy for us to get sticky fingers. And I'm not talking about just because we're thieves. It's real easy for us to get attached to the things of this world. We say, hey, let's be careful about that. God's Word warns us. We've also said, hey, you know, God's not just about negatives. He's not just about warnings, but He has some positive things to say to us. And last time we learned, you know what? There is a treasure that I'm looking for. There is a treasure that my heart is longing for something. And there's desires that I have that I'm trying to fulfill. And even though many times we fulfill those in wrong ways, those desires aren't necessarily wrong. There are some things that God created me to enjoy. So today and next time, as we wrap up this series together, we're going to learn some things that, first of all, the things of this world are not necessarily inherently bad, are they? I mean, this is just a piece of wood. It's not good or bad. That car is just a piece of metal. It's not good or bad. But those things sometimes can take us off track But on the other hand, sometimes God wants to use those things for us to utilize for His purposes. So let's don't be silly about it, amen? Remember we said, uh, uh, contrary to what some people who call themselves Christians have thought, God's not calling us to sell everything to go to Montana and to build a bunker and just have a bunch of canned goods and hang out for 50 years. That's not what God's calling us. So He's calling us to be in the world, to be operating in this world. And so... We need to know, God, what is it that you've given me, and how am I supposed to use it? Tonight we're going to talk about that first thing. What are some of the things that God has given us to use? What have I been given? What are the things that God has put in my hands, has entrusted to me, His Word says, and He expects me not to waste? And today I want to talk about three common areas that Christians usually think about when they think about uh, this topic that we're thinking about tonight. We want to talk about God has given us time, 
He's given us talents, and He's given us treasures. Okay, now, there's probably many other ways you could categorize, but, but I think that those three categories are a great starting point, and, and, and really many of the things that God has given us fall under those categories. So let's talk about it tonight. What has God given to you? First thing is God has given you time. Did you know that as soon as a baby is born, the clock starts ticking, doesn't it? Now, we, we usually don't pay attention to that clock earlier in life. It's kind of like when you're in a race. I mean, if you're in a race or in, your, in some competition, you don't pay as much attention to the time limit until you get where? Closer to the end of the race, right? Oh, no, we got to hurry up. we gotta, we got to finish up with these because time's almost about to run out. You ever play games at home, board games? What is it? Taboo? You got the thing you turn over and you're, you're trying to you know, play the game together and guess all these words. What do you do? You turn it over and what's, what's happened? There's a little hourglass. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Give us the last clue because what's, what's about to happen? Time's running out. So many times we're just kind of wired that way. Just naturally, we don't, we don't really think about that hourglass until it gets close to the end of our lives. But whether we're thinking about it or not, as soon as we're born... The clock starts ticking, and every day we lose more and more ground. I mean, our time is running out. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. The Bible says, So teach us to number our days. Now think about that. Teach us to number our days. The New American Standard Version that I'm reading out of says that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Another translation says that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. That word teach us comes from a word that the root meaning is knowledge and understanding. It means make known to us, God. Give us understanding that we don't have about something. God, you see something that many times I don't see. Help me to catch up with your understanding. So he says, teach us, make known to us to number, and it literally means to count, and it's like, it's like in a ledger book. Uh, how many of you have a calendar at home where people are doing chores? The kids are doing chores, and what do you do? You mark off sometimes, whose day is, today? Whose day is to feed the cat today? It's a constant conversation in our house. <laughs> well, go look at the calendar. <laughs> and usually, we haven't filled out the calendar yet, right? <laughs> but we, we mark off. We were just saying, Shannon and I were just saying, can you believe it's almost December of 2009? It's unbelievable, isn't it? God, you know, and you understand something. God, you know there's a limit. There's a limit to my life. The, the clock started ticking a long time ago, and God, I don't always think like that. Amen? I, I don't always have that perspective. So help me to understand like you do. Help me to see like you do so that, for a purpose, wasn't it? Teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts to wisdom, so that I will use my time, how? More wisely. I'm not trying to be fatalistic, but, but we need to realize today I am closer to the end of my life than I was yesterday. I mean, it's true, isn't it? I lost a day yesterday, and guess what? It just got dark. I'm getting close to the end of another day. And then doesn't it happen? Days and weeks, sometimes I feel like. 
And for me in my life, I measure I measure time by weekends. You know? I just preach. I just I just preach three messages, and then I wake up and here we are again. Here we are again. Here we are. And people ask me something. What'd you do this week? I say, I do not have a clue. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I mean, that's how they go by, isn't it? It goes by so fast. The Bible talks about that in James chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. You ever, ever seen a pot on a stove? And that pot's sitting there, and there's, and there's vapors going up from that pot. If you just watch, and it's hard to watch one vapor, isn't it? But if you watch that pot, you just say, okay, I'm going to watch that piece of smoke. I'm going to watch that piece. You are just a vapor. Next time you're boiling some water for something, just watch it. for. I mean, it wasn't, you're not the pot. You're not the whole water thing. You're just that, oop, there went you. Oop, there went you. In the context of history, that is my life. Flies by, doesn't it? In light of that, I want us to think about some things tonight. What has God given me? One of the things, one of the most valuable things that God has given to me and to you is time. So what am I doing with the valuable thing called time that God has given to me? Hey, you know what? Are you retired tonight? If you're retired tonight, you might think, you know, I'm in the twilight of my life. I've made my impact. You know, I... Uh, there's, there's not going to be much more difference made out of my life. But you know what? It may be that retirement could be some of your most effective years. I've seen Shannon's dad make that transition. His mind and his heart, he's, he says, you know what? He says, I'm kind of winding down on some things. But he says, I've got some things that I want to finish well. I, I think that's really neat, isn't it? I mean, he's not saying I'm just going to sit back. He said, I want to finish well on some things. The experience you've gained. I mean, doesn't somebody, I tell Shannon, one day I'm going to write a book, but then nobody want to read it. Amen? All the things that you're able to experience and to be a part of and, and God's work and everything. Isn't that worth something to somebody? Can't you turn around and sometimes say, hey, hey, be careful. I've learned some the, the wealth that you've gained for some now, maybe not for others, but many times uh, the strongest financially that people are in their lives are, are towards the end of their life when they've been able to accumulate some wealth. The time that we have, there are incredible things that happen in God's work all over the United States and the world every single week because there are people who have finished out the majority of their Productive from the world's point of view, working years, but have said, you know what? I still have something to offer. One of our guys told me this. He said, Robbie, you know what? I've spent most of my life on myself. I've wasted much of my life. I'm going to spend the rest of it all out for Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? And I want to tell you what, if I said his name, you would shake your head. You'd say, yep, he is. Because he is letting God use him in a major way. Sure, when we get to towards the, the, the close of our lives, towards the twilight, towards the, the last segment of our lives, I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's an aspect of gearing back, but I believe what God would say is don't waste those moments. What about people who are primarily in their working years right now? They say, yeah, I, I'd like to make a difference, but, but what would they say? What would we say? I'd like to make a difference, but I'm too busy to make a difference. I don't have any time. The retired person has the time and doesn't think they can make a difference. The person who's working says, I, I, I don't have the time, but I, I wish I could make a difference. 
that's the way we're going to see it, who's ever going to make a difference for the Lord. Your schedule, honestly, might be more demanding, might be more tight, might have less margin at this stage in your life, but you have all the time you need to do God's will. How about that? Now, that's between you and the Lord, what God's will is and what He expects, but we have just enough time to do God's will. Amen? Sometimes, when we're in that point in our lives where we don't have a lot of margin, there's not a lot of leeway, but the leeway we have, the margin we do have, what do we do? We pack it full of other things. I mean, it can be just as simple as TV, right? It can be as simple as a hobby. Thank God for hobbies, for diversions. Amen? That's how I survive. <laughs> you know, something to, you know, something else to think about. Amen? Isn't that good? Those are wonderful things to have. But what about busyness? How many of us, how many of us are trying to keep up with the Joneses? You know, we just have in our mind, if you're an American, you're supposed to have your kids in this and this and this and this and this. Has anybody ever stopped and said, why? Why? Who said? Amen? What about a teenager or a young adult? Teenagers, let me tell you something. You have a lot. Your parents say, amen. You've got time, you've got money, and you've got ability. You don't believe that? Look at advertising. They know, they, they know you've got some money. They know you've got something to offer. Yeah, I understand. In some sense, teenagers are adults in training, okay? I understand that. We need to realize that and give room for learning and growth. But don't waste a great opportunity. Many young people say, hey, hey, uh, you're not supposed to love God while you're a teenager, are you? That's weird. Nobody does that. Everybody settles down when they get old, you know, like 35 and stuff. And then they, when they get old and they start having kids, that's when you serve God. Let me tell you something. I'll see here since young person. The biggest regret I have in my life is that I waited till I was a senior in high school to get serious about God. I wasted some opportunities. I thank God for His mercy and grace. Amen. I can't let that weigh me down, but I got to tell you, if I could change anything, I had some friends back then that I don't know very well now. And if I had been serious about God, I could have made a difference in high school. I didn't do that. What about kids even? Children. Hey, kids, you know what? You know what the best thing you can do in your life right now is? Learn. You're at a great time in your life. Just learn. And, and by the way, like my mama used to say, I used to say, I want to grow up. I want to drive. I want to do this. She said, just enjoy what? Parents, you've said it, right? Just enjoy being a kid. Just it, It's going to be gone soon. You want a job because you want the moolah. <laughs> but it ain't all that's cracked up to me, amen? <laughs> you long for the days I could just sleep in this morning. And give your life to God early. You got some time here. You got a window. You, your, your mind is not as distracted as some of us adults. Now, we need to give our lives to God too, but it's a lot harder for us because we get all these things going on. Now is the best time to give your life to God. Every person in this room, God has given you something precious. He's given you time. But secondly, God has given me talents. He's given you talents. Now, what do we mean by that? We're talking about, you ever seen the show America's Got Talent? Do we mean you can swallow balls of fire? 
or that you've got the, some little dog named Skippy that can jump through 25, you know, circles, or is that, is that what talent is? <laughs> you like that, didn't you, Claire? <clears throat> Skippy. I just, I actually, I just came up with that. Listen to, <laughs> listen to what God's Word teaches. Gen- uh, Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And then listen also to Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. It says, For you formed me, you formed my inward parts. You wove me. I love this picture. You wove me. Can't you see God just making you? You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How complex we are, aren't we, as human beings? But what does all that mean? We are made in the image of God, and God is very creative. And we are complex, we are intricate, we are, we are uh, you know, lots of different pieces are put together, lots of different directions are expressed in how God's made us. We're all different. We all have something different to offer to this world. Listen to some scripture that talks about it. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Actually, uh, write down 1 Corinthians 12, and you just need to go back there and read that to, to get the full picture, because all throughout that passage, he says now in verse 4, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of ministries, the same Lord. There are a variety of effects or working out of God's work, but the same God who works all things and all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given this, to another is given this, to another, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, verse 11, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing, you can almost see we all lined up and God said, okay, everybody, you're going to get your stuff. I'm making you. All right? You're going to get some of this, you're going to get some of this, and you're going to get some of this. Isn't that kind of neat? As a side note, it kind of makes you back off with people who are different than you. It's okay that everybody is not like you. It's not only okay, it's good. God intended it to be that way. In verse 18, but now God has placed the members. You see him. I put you together. I want you here. Each one of them in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? Wouldn't it be weird if you had a bunch of eyeballs sitting around in the chairs tonight? A bunch of big toes looking up here at me. That's <laughs> like, strange, isn't it? We're all a part of the body of Christ. Now here it's specifically talking about spiritual giftedness. Okay? Verse 27. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. All of you are unique and individual, but you're a part of a body. And God has appointed in the church apostles and prophets and teachers and on and on. He says in verse 29, all are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? And he goes on. He says, everybody is not the same. What he's trying to say is we are all different. God has made us different with different giftedness, different abilities, and different contributions to make. There are things that I have been given that's uniquely me and uniquely you that God wants to use. There are gifts. Some of those are spiritual gifts. There are abilities. There are passions or interests. Not everybody likes what you like, right? Just ask your wife. 
Not everybody likes what you like. Just ask your husband. Not everybody. Not everybody has different personalities and even experiences, don't we? By the way, I just want to bring up something. If you have something that you're pretty decent at and you think it's no big deal, like let's say you can cook real well and you think, well, you know, it's, you know, you just throw a little of this and throw a little of that and it's like, wow. Rachel Ray, you know, it's like, wow, this stuff's good. Or, or if you can sell something real well, or you can add numbers real easily. You know what? You are probably gifted in that area. That's how most people feel who are gifted at something. They feel like anybody can do this. I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, you just take some food and you just, and I'm like, no, wait, 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 wait. How much of that was that? Okay. <laughs> A quarter, you know, whatever. Oh, I don't know. You just, it's easy. You can do it. No, I can't. If you look around, either not everybody can do what you're doing or not everybody does do what you're doing. So what does God say? Use it. I was thinking about this this week, and i got to just be honest with you. I, I was thinking about you guys, and I just, you know, sometimes I just have these moments where God just speaks to my heart, and I just stop for a minute, and I just worship the Lord because of you guys. I'm not kidding. I love this church family. I don't love New Hope as an organization, as a 501c3 or what, you know. I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. I mean, you do things. And you know what? And you'd say, you'd say, well, oh, I just, I just do children's ministry, but I really can't do anything. Oh, I just, I, you know, I try to teach a class, but, you know, I can't really do that much. Or, you know, I just set up tables, or, you know, I, I kind of move some chairs, and, you know, but that's, you know, that's all I can do. Well, you take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and guess what you start seeing? Jesus. <laughs> you start seeing Jesus. That's the body of Christ. And I want to challenge you tonight. Listen, not that we should get proud. We should stay humble. We should stay dependent. We should stay, God, I can't do it, okay? But don't let the enemy press that down. Maybe you need to recognize tonight, God's given you a dose of something. And, and, and when you hear people, I remember when I first started preaching, I thought, I mean, really, and still even now, after I preach, I want to take my notes and tear them up and burn them. I think that is the worst excuse. See, I, I, every time I think, God, how could that possibly? But you know what? After the first couple of times I was preaching, you know, people would come up to me and say, wow, you know, God really spoke to my heart. I'm like, are you serious? Okay. Good. I'm glad. I mean, I think it was garbage. And then the next time, you know, and next time somebody say, hey, you know, wow, God just really touched my heart. Wow, really? Okay. Well, there's two, you know. And after a while, you just say, okay, I don't feel like I've got anything, but apparently God is using me, so just go with it. Amen? Just go with it. Are you pretty smart? Hey, guess what? We're not all as smart as you. God needs some doctors and lawyers. And congressmen and women, amen? And scientists. In fact, that's part of what's wrong with the United States is Christians are not fully using those abilities and making an impact for the Lord in those areas of society. Are you pretty good with your hands? Not everybody is. Did you know that? You're like, oh, yeah, it's easy. Take a motor. I mean, I'm watching TV. I'll just put it together. Yeah, what's the big deal? It works. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to do, right? I couldn't do that. Amen? We got a guy in our church... Uh, I call him MacGyver. 
He, I guarantee he could send you to the moon with a roll of toilet paper and some bubble gum. He drove the bulldozer for our land dedication service. I'm glad he did, because it wouldn't have been positive. It wouldn't have been worship if Robbie was driving. The tent would be knocked over, amen? I don't know how to drive a bulldozer. We'll never forget that day, will we? We'll never forget that image of those giants being knocked down. An old friend of mine, he went on a mission trip one time to Africa, and this guy was just so good with it, so smart. He, they, were in, they were trying to show a video to some villages. And, I mean, you're in the middle of Africa. You don't have, you know, everything we have just available. Well, he found an old sheet somewhere. He found a projector and put it together. They didn't have any power, so somehow he figured out how to use a car battery to run that projector. And all those people got to hear about the Lord. What if he just said, well, I'm not a teacher type, so I better not go on a mission trip. Wouldn't have been the same without him, wouldn't it? There's another guy in our church who just came to know the Lord. Right after he came to know the Lord, he said, Rob, he said, I, you know, I got to tell you, I don't know much. I mean, I, you know, I got a lot of growing to do spiritually, all this kind of stuff, but I, I know about trees. You think he might could use that? Uh, yeah, we're getting ready to clear five acres. <laughs> he was used by God to help us amazingly. I'm still blown away that we did that, that we're doing that. We're still in the process of doing that because God put somebody in our church who knew how to do it. Isn't that great? Somebody's a talker, that person needs to be using that. If somebody's a listener, that person needs to be using that, don't they? Would you ask yourself today, what have I been given? What gifts, what abilities, what passions, my personality, what experiences? Don't waste God's resources. If God has given you something, He probably wants you to use it. Remember what I said about the hikers last week? If you can do something, you can do it for God. Amen? Those people remember last week? They have a hiking ministry. <laughs> Somebody said, I'd like to have one of those. Well, you could. If you wanted to use your love for the outdoors for God, you could have a hiking ministry. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says this. It says, As each one has received a gift, employ it, in, use, in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If God's given you a gift, what's he say? Use it. Don't waste what you've been given. The last thing I want to talk about is God's given us time, he's given us talents, but he has given us treasures as well. Matthew uh, 25, <clears throat> verses 14 and 15. I think we mentioned this parable last week. It's called the parable of the talents. You say, well, Pastor, you just talked about the talents. Well, that's actually not what he's talking about. It's not talking about what we consider in English talents. Talents, back during this time, during Bible times, was a unit of measure, a weight. And that weight was used to, measure, to weigh coins to see how much they weigh, to see how much they were worth. So it says in uh, Matthew 25, 14, the kingdom of God, or, or the way God does things, is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves or servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents. Did he give them tap dancing and singing ability? Is that what he gave them? Did he give them five talents? Not what we consider talents. He gave them five uh, units of weight, of coinage. To another, two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. Okay, he says, I got some money, and I'm going somewhere, 
I want you to manage my money. I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you one. Verse 19, Now after a long time, the master of those slaves or those servants came and settled accounts with them. God has given each one of us some money to manage, hasn't he? Now, some people have a problem with church talking about money and, and that kind of thing, but we've, we've said through this series, Jesus, 15% of everything he said in, the, in his word had to do with possessions. We are not being faithful to God if we do not challenge each other about our possessions. Okay? And I also want you to hear my heart tonight. I think if you've been here for very long, you know, we're not wanting something from you. We want something for you. I was just talking to somebody today about trusting God. You know what? God will blow you away if you will begin to realize that everything you have has been given to you by Him, including your money. Some of us are missing out in a major way on being blessed by God. What are you doing with God's money and resources? There's a foolish man, Luke chapter 12, verses 15 through 21. You can write that down. God deals with that attitude of, uh, you know, the bad attitude. But let's talk about it in a positive way. What are we doing with God's resources? Do you have a big house? A few years ago, I remember a young family coming to me and saying, You know what, Pastor? God's given us a big house. And we just believe if God gave us a big house, He wants us to use it. So we're going to open it up. We're going to invite people over. We're going to have church family get-togethers. We're going to host a Bible study or a growth group in our home. Isn't that a great attitude? If God's given me a lot, thank you, Lord. Thank you for blessing me. How can I use it to reach out to my neighbors or to be a blessing to my church family? Do I have an extra snowblower? If I've got an extra snowblower, guess what? I can only run one at a time, amen? You know what I heard the other day? Somebody in our church family got another snowblower. And you know what they did? They cranked up their other snowblower, and walked it down the street to somebody in our church family and left it at their house. Isn't that neat? Somebody says, I wish I'd known I had one. <laughs> Don't do that. That's God, isn't it? God can give you a snowblower if you need one. We've got to change our thinking. Many times, here's how we think. I have some money. I love God. I'll give him some. It's actually more than that, isn't it? It's more like God gave me his money. Some of it I'm supposed to use to, to provide for my needs. The Bible says that clearly. You better provide for you and your family. But God's also given that to be a blessing for others. Also, many times we think, you know, I don't have a lot of money. Here's what we usually mean. I don't have a lot of what most Americans consider a lot of money. Isn't that true? We're comparing with everybody else. But I believe if, if we're going to honor God and if we're going to do His work, listen, friends, this is, remember I told you God's using this study to challenge my thinking. I don't think like this. And God's using it to challenge my thinking. As a Christian, I should be leaner. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I need to lose a few pounds, although I think I do. All right? That's not what I'm saying. As a Christian... I should be lighter traveling. You understand? Well, just think about it this way. How many of you would hate to find out that you had to move next week? 
besides the fact that you like living here and you don't want to move, you're thinking, I got 20 years of junk in my basement. Amen? Don't we all? I've been thinking about that. That's actually part of the reason we started the clothing closet. Shannon was just saying, you know what? We got a bunch of stuff, and we pass it back to our sisters and our brothers, and, and that's good, but it seems like the, you know, we're, we've kind of been the end of the line, and nobody else needs it right now. So, you know, I've been kind of saving it, thinking maybe somebody else in our family will need it, but it looks like nobody does. So why don't we just go ahead and get it out there, and then if somebody does need it, we'll trust God to replenish and bring us back some more and get the cycle started again. Isn't that a great idea? I got some stuff. I can share it with others. Instead, many times we hold on tight and we keep it for ourselves. The rest of the world has so little. Even many around us in our own country. We have to consider, what has God given me? Now listen, it's not to feel guilty. If you've got a car, praise God. you got a home, praise God. God provided for your needs, praise the Lord. And he even he's not just a you know, barely blessed you kind of God. I know God gives us blessings and we don't have to feel guilty about those all the time. But we should be checking ourselves. God, I don't trust me. I trust you, but I don't trust me. So God, just help me check myself. What have you given me? What do you want me using for me, for my family? And what do you want me distributing out to others? God has given you some money. And we need to think about how we're using that. This is a good way to end, especially since we're talking about finances. Many times when we think about what God's given us, you know what we think about? We think about what He hasn't given us, right? I love this passage in Mark chapter 14. There was a lady, and she came, and she poured out her heart in worship to Jesus. And some people kind of uh, criticized her for it. And Jesus took, took up for her. He said, let her alone. Leave her alone. Then in verse 8, he says, she has done what she could. That's encouraging to me. How about you? You know what God wants me to do? He wants me to do what I can. Now, now what does that mean? That means as I walk with him, as I'm seeking his direction for my life, as he speaks to me and as he shows me what he's given me, I say, God, I entrust it to you and I use it for these purposes. I give you what I have. Would you do that today? But I don't, but I don't, but I don't. That sounds like, that doesn't sound like the Lord to me. What do you have in your hands? Entrust that to God and then let him worry about the rest. Tonight, next time, we're going to talk about, God, how do you want me to use this stuff? I need to learn that. How about you? How do you want me to distribute things? But before we can do that, God, what do I even have in my hand? Right now, we have time. I don't know how much we have, but we have some right now. Would you give that to the Lord? Right now, you have some abilities. You have something to offer in this world. Listen to me, just like that, uh, I don't have much, you know, we focus on that. Here's what the enemy says. You aren't any good for anything. You don't have anything to offer. Uh, there's no contribution you can make. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The enemy loves to keep us down, okay? And God's saying to you, 
You're insulting my creation. I made you. Your life matters. And I want to use it to make a difference. What do you have? You think it's simple. You think it's no big deal. Just give that to the Lord. And for many of us, our finances is one of the hardest. Could you even trust God with that tonight? Would you bow with me for just a moment? Father, I thank you tonight for gathering us together, for getting our attention for a few moments, and Lord, for giving us your word and for speaking to our hearts through your spirit. Lord, you're stirring in somebody's heart here tonight about something that has been mentioned. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just continue working and showing them what it is you would have them to do. Maybe they even know tonight. Maybe there's a decision that they need to make. Maybe they need to trust you in some way. Maybe they've been wasting time. Maybe they've been using their life completely on themselves. Whatever it is tonight, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and help us to realize what you have entrusted to us. It is not ours, it is yours. And help us to realize what we've been given. And Jesus, tonight I pray if there's somebody here who through all of this is realizing that they've never given you their life, that they don't know how to walk with you, they don't know how to serve you, they don't know the right way to live, they don't know how to stop doing the wrong things, they don't know how to wash their sins away and get that forgiveness that we all long for. I pray tonight that before we ever worry about giving something back to you, that we would allow you to do something in our lives and change us through the power of Jesus Christ. Someone here tonight would just say, Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. I need you. And I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life and be my Savior. I want to follow you, Jesus. Lord, whatever you want to do in our hearts, I just pray that you would have permission to do that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guess what? In just another week, we're going we're gonna to wrap up this series. So if God has your attention about something, now would be a great time to do something about it. If you need to talk to Him on your own, you can talk to Him, just you and Him. But if you need to pray with somebody, you need some help with a decision, you're ready to receive Christ, you want to talk about being public as a believer in Christ by being baptized, whatever it might be tonight.